Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. Tonight, I want to start us off. (laughs) I had a patient, and it just, it breaks my heart. This happens more often than not. But really just came out and said, how do I get motivated? How do I motivate myself to make the changes that I want to make in my diet? And so I thought this would be a good conversation for us to have today, Amy. So before we get into tonight's discussion, let's recap our last episode. If you didn't join us then, go back and listen to that when we're done. We had Dawn Holmes back, uh, who is the registered dietitian at the Ohio Health Runners Clinic and is also in private practice. Uh, She is fantastic. So many good ideas. We talked about dietary supplements. We talked about hydration. So if you're an athlete or if you know an athlete, if you are even a recreational exerciser, I think anyone who does anything active can get a lot out of what she talked about. There were so many good ideas. So make sure you check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the topic we have tonight is talking about motivating ourselves to eat healthy. (laughs) I sometimes don't like that term. So me either. (laughs) Because it's different for everybody. Exactly. Uh, that's that's kind of a, a loaded question by itself. And so, you know, the question I think we need to talk to ourselves today about is like, why eat healthy? First, yeah, let's define healthy eating. So for me, I guess I came up with it's kind of eating to fuel your body mm-hmm. in a healthier way prioritizing getting nutrients Mm -hmm. so it's it's not always the easy choice either but for me that's eating healthy is kind of thinking about what I'm putting into my body right now I'm doing it to fuel myself that's a dietitian you know (laughs) what 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 about you Amy what is your thoughts on that how do you define healthy I feel like it's a little bit more complicated for me. When I talk about healthy eating, I also realize maybe there's an emotional component to it. And realizing even that sort of term healthy is really loaded for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Because it can be very kind of punishing if you don't feel like you're eating healthy, if you don't feel like you are, you know, choosing all the fruits and vegetables that you should choose and you're not, you know, you're, you don't turn down the donuts and you don't, you know, that that can be really stigmatizing for a lot of people. And so when I think about healthy, I think about the few, the foods that you enjoy in reasonable amounts, you know, where you're not punishing yourself. If you are eating things that would be quote unquote junk food or those types of things, but also realizing that, you know, all foods can have a place, but also then, and I like your idea of then kind of fueling your body. The only thing I, I think with that is that, you know, you can fuel your body with things that are not healthy. Right. And you know, I do. Can, right. And, and we all do. We all right. do. We all do. We all do. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I've even heard, and maybe you, you hear some of this sort of 
you know, kind of the 80-20 rule or the 90-10 rule yep. where, you know, 80% of the foods are kind of for fueling and for nutrients and then 20% or 10%, whatever you want to do with that, that. is fun foods, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that sometimes is a way that I'll, I'll work with patients. But I think healthy is so, it's so individual. Right. And it's really hard for me to say you have a healthy diet and you don't. Oh, so and I don't. With, yeah, I wasn't yeah. really necessarily saying yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I I, I was no more thinking about for myself the way I think about it. So yeah, to, oh, okay. So yeah. I understand what you're saying. Uh, for a lot of us, it is more emotional. For me, mm-hmm. I'm a more analytical person. So yeah. I do subscribe exactly to what you're saying, the 80-20 rule where I'm eating to fuel my body 80% of the time, 20% of the time, I'm allowing myself to have the things that maybe aren't necessarily fueling myself in the best way, but I really want that and I'm going to enjoy it. And I don't feel guilty about it, but that's where I'm at personally. Right. But I guess for me personally, that I'm thinking about how do foods make me feel as much as I love, oh my gosh, I could eat. (laughs) I love donuts. I love sweets for breakfast, but I know that I feel bad after I eat them. Not shame, not guilt, but like physically, physically. feel good. Yes. Like by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, I kind of feel a little dizzy. And mm. I think, gosh, if I just had some protein with that breakfast, <laughs> I would have felt a whole lot better than I do right now. Right. And maybe this is just me getting older. Maybe you mm. can get away with this in your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> but in my 40s, I have definitely noticed that certain foods make me feel good and certain foods don't. Yeah. You know, I fried agree. food used to, used to, I could just eat it. Now it yes. sort of sits heavy in my stomach yeah. and I don't, and again, it's, I'm trying to separate though that from, I shouldn't have donuts for breakfast or I shouldn't right. have fried foods from, this doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I don't feel physically good after I, I eat this. I love that point. And I think that that's where I was coming at from this topic is I think we have to understand you know, healthy for ourselves first right. before we can kind of go into what's motivating us too. I think that's different right. too. So, you know, seeing and knowing what happens when we don't eat healthy, like you were just saying, you don't feel well. I learned in school as a dietitian, you learned in school as a dietitian that if we're not eating healthy, then it can lead to diabetes, it can lead to high blood pressure, it can lead to all these health conditions, and but not everybody learns that or thinks about that. Because, right. You know, it's because I'm in a medical field, so sometimes it's really hard to kind of relate to a patient and help them with that motivation because they don't know everything that right. maybe we know. Right. Yeah. Motivation is tricky because, you know, sometimes people get motivated out of fear. Yeah. They get motivated. Oh my gosh, I have type two diabetes now and I'm afraid. Exactly. Um, you've had those clients. I've had yep. those clients. I'm, yep. I, they come in afraid. Right. Of what's going to happen. Maybe they've had a family member who has diabetes and they've seen bad outcomes and they don't mm-hmm. want that for themselves. Right. I think fear can be a motivator. It's not the best motivator. No. I'm at much least pro- not long term. And I, right. I hate to see people in a cycle of fear. I also think sometimes fear can get people in the door. 
Yep. In terms of making some changes, but in long term, though, being afraid is not your long term solution. No, no. For your diet or for your lifestyle. No. Um, in fact, it can make things a lot worse. Right. And I've had <sighs> patients who, you know, become fearful of food. Yes. Become fearful of eating, become fearful of carbohydrates. Yes. Become exactly. fearful. Right. Of because, some things that they shouldn't be fearful of. Right. Because they get that diagnosis and then all they hear is carbs are terrible for you, especially mm-hmm. if you have diabetes. If you have diabetes, oh, you can't eat that. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. Right. I'd love to see you before you start making those judgments about what your diet looks like right. before you actually like you know i'd love to see you t- and talk about that before you make any decisions and right. start just eliminating things cuz then you go down a path of right that yeah not having a good relationship with food besides fear what other motivators do you see from your patients that maybe sometimes bring them in the door maybe or maybe not as healthy as some other motivators that you'll often see What are some things that you see? I think, you know, I'd say probably 90% of it is fear is what gets people to come see me, unfortunately. Some can be, and it's not even necessarily fear because they've been diagnosed. It could be fear because they're trying to prevent, because Mm -hmm. a family member is facing something and they don't want to go down that same path. I I see that. you know, sometimes people are coming to see me because the doctor recommended that they mm-hmm. do. And so that's good because it's not necessarily fearful, but it's, you know, sometimes that's related uh, to fear as well. Uh, I think, sorry, go ahead. Were you? I think sometimes people are fearful to come see the dietitian altogether. Yeah. I've, I could literally write a book about the number of patients who said, oh, this wasn't so bad. And yes. I say, what, what did you think I was going to do? hundred percent. Like, yes. right. Like, what, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not going to take away your birthday or the cake. Right. You know, I'm going to tell you how to work in your favorite foods. And I'm going to tell you how to, you know, um, even with gluten-free, I'm going to tell you how you can live your life with this. Right, right. I do a presentation where we talk about kind of these four pillars, I did some, you know, research of like, why do people make decisions about what they're eating when you're talking about like in the moment or, you know, why do you make a meal plan the way you make a meal plan? And it comes down to four pillars. It comes down to the four pillars are cost, taste, health, and convenience. So this is why people are making decisions in the moment about what they're eating. And so for some of us, it's much more important about cost. For some of us, it's much more important the taste of the food. I hear that a lot. That's a big one. Uh, for some of us, we feel like that we, we want to focus on health. or And then we have the younger generation, I think, more often. Sometimes the older generation, too. I have a lot of clients, actually, that we're looking at convenience. It has right. to be convenient or I'm not going to do it. So right. 
I think it's important for you yourselves, and I'm talking to our listeners right now, to think about which of these items, how would you rate them? What is most important to you? Is it cost, taste, health, convenience? And then what's your second? What's, Mm -hmm. What's next for you? Is it you know, cost, taste, health, or convenience. Uh, And there was, so there was a study that I looked at, and this was a 2007 food and health survey that showed that decisions uh, mostly are based on taste. So 53% of people who responded to what would you say is your most important of those four, 53% people said taste, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if that would be different now. I wonder too, because it has been a while. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, 15-year-old study. And right. I wonder with the advent of internet dieting and inflation and all right. of these types of things, if those, if that information would be different now. I'm, I'm right. very curious. Well, it, especially currently, because we're faced right. with increasing go- grocery costs. And I'll tell you, the second one was, was price and cost. So that was second to taste was cost. So it is definitely in the forefront of most of our minds right now is the cost of food. And then you come down to health and then convenience. But yeah, I wonder too how it changes based on who you're talking to. Yeah. Well, and I think everybody has different priorities when they are thinking about healthy food. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's, you know, sugar content. For other people, it's fat content. Sodium. With sodium content. One of the questions I get asked very frequently is, what is the most important thing to look at on a food label? And Mm -hmm. that's a really hard question. I say, well, let's think about what your priorities are. Exactly. What are you focused on currently? Exactly. You know, yes, it's, I would love to like to take it as a whole and, you know, say, well, this has low calories, but high sodium. And I said, nobody can do that. I can hardly even do that. Right. I said, so, you know, maybe we say, well, if our goal is to reduce your blood pressure right now, then we want to focus on sodium. Yep. If your goal is to control your carbohydrates for your diabetes, then that's what we want to focus on. We don't want to focus on it to the detriment of everything else. But, right. you know, again, but everybody's priorities are a little bit different. Yeah. And when you're staring at two labels, side by side for two different soups then it has to come down to something and that's when yeah the sodium is a good thing for high blood pressure let's look at the sodium and maybe make a choice based on that again it has to also then be convenient or taste good you know depending on you right and for other people it's you know organic for some people it's you know, free range or their environmental concerns, or there mm-hmm. are, again, dietary concerns, whether they're wanting to be a vegetarian or a vegan. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different priority. Right. I think the one, the priority I see most often now probably is a reduction in sugar. Yes, 100%. I don't think yeah. it's a bad thing, except that I do think it has become to the detriment of everything else. Right. You know, I've seen people choosing, you know, insanely high fat foods because they're sugar free. Right. You know, fat bombs and, and all yeah. these products you can now buy yeah. from commercial diet companies who will aim to please. Right. They'll they'll make the product you want if you'll just buy it. I'm um, seeing fat free, sugar free yogurts. Right. The it's like yeah, there's not much to them. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, the 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 market will provide. Right. Um, exactly. But 
I think people, you know, sometimes become focused on one dietary component mm-hmm. to the exclusion of all else and think, well, it's, it's a low sugar item, so it's healthy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a healthy item and maybe, again, that's your version of health is low sugar. Right. And somebody else's version of health might be low sodium. Exactly. Or organic or, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, any of any number of things. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to make those choices, too, because then you also might be, well, I've gone, you know, low sodium before and I didn't like it, you Mm -hmm. know, or I've tried whole wheat pasta before. I didn't like it. I didn't. So there's a lot that goes into it. I think that's all four of those pillars, I think, are present in my mind when mm-hmm. I'm planning my meals, I'm thinking, okay, it's a busy night, so it has to be convenient. So sometimes that might take the priority, but it, it's it's tough, and it's not, there's no easy answer. I think when it comes to what motivates, right? Right. You know, I don't want my patients to be motivated by fear. I want them to right. be motivated by having a good relationship with food, having a good relationship with their bodies, mm-hmm. having, you know, and that, you know, could be undoing years of chronic dieting and hating on yourself or listening to people in your life who mean well or right. sometimes don't mean well, you know, yeah. who are saying things that are in your ear. Right. You know, the judging I had, or. Yeah. A friend recently who was, you know, her, her, um, she had a parent struggling with diabetes and this parent had become pretty anti-fruit. Yeah. And so she was, she was having a hard time mm-hmm. as the daughter wanting to eat fruit herself because mom was so hard on fruit right now because of her diabetes right. that it was getting into her head. Maybe I shouldn't be eating fruit. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's something that you know, we see is that it can be hard when you're hearing other noise in your life too, whether that is a relative who has a medical condition, who they're doing something with their diet. Well, maybe I should be doing that too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's friends who are chronically dieting. Maybe I should be doing that too. Right. You know, somebody's doing a commercial program or, you Mm -hmm. know, doing, you know, a a cleanse. I should be doing that too. Yeah. Um, It's hard to, because there is a lot of noise out there about, well, there's, our, yeah. our, our diets and our health and that shouldn't be motivating either I mean if that that shouldn't be necessarily your motivators well my friends are doing my family right that's the thing is that you can hear and it just gets it it, it, it kind of gets you excited oh wow look at the success that this person had and this is what they're doing and so I need to do that and I will be successful that's what I need to do and it just doesn't work out that way so many times so it's yeah there's a lot of noise out there right and then I don't want people to be motivated by shame either that's something that I see not not only fear but shame right you know I'm ashamed that I'm this weight or I'm ashamed that I've gotten diabetes that I've done something wrong right you know that's not a good motivator long term either no (laughs) again maybe a short-term motivator not a long-term motivator Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not good to carry that with you and whether or not you have a diagnosis does not 
define you or change you. You need to figure out how to live with it for yourself. You know, right. it's just, it's, right. it, it, it's so individualized. I think that's, that's why as dietitians, people might not realize, yeah, when you come to us, we're not going to be, it's not, this is what you need to do. Tell me what you're doing and let's see what we can do to help you, you know? And right. so, so the other thing that's going on right now is I'm I'm actually reading a book. <laughs> it's called The Slight Edge. I've read other books about uh, that can be helpful too, but this book is called The Slight Edge, and it is I can put it in the show notes and the author mm-hmm. and everything. But it's basically just talking about how if you're steadily like even if it's small steps those small steps over time add up it's sticking with them and continuing to make those small steps and what a big impact that can have for somebody and so uh the problem is most of us don't we give up too quickly we give up you know and or we make try to make big sweeping changes. Exactly. And this is where fear and shame show up. Exactly. Because people are afraid, they're mm-hmm. feeling shame, mm-hmm. so they make so many big changes that no one could possibly ever stick with that long term. Right. It's why fear and shame are not good long term motivators. Instead of saying, I'm going to make these small changes, they feel they've got to just wholesale change their life. Exactly. And I've had one or two clients in 20 years where that worked. Right. For the long run. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> and, you know, everybody knows somebody who lost 100 pounds and went to their class reunion and their lives were wonderful. Right. But this is most people are like that in your book. you got to keep showing up. Exactly. you got to keep even if you're just showing up and eating a serving of fruit for lunch, you showed up and you did that. Yes. That's yes. Great. Yes. You know, Yes. For me, it's like just, you know, if I could get the apples in my lunchbox. Right. I'm good. Yeah. Sometimes I have time to eat them. Sometimes I don't, mm-hmm. you know, but I got them in but my lunchbox. Exactly. And, and that's the first step. Right. Yep. And yes, yes. Uh, so I even important. did this with activity with people. You know, if mm-hmm. you can get out for that first five to ten minutes and do something. Right. You can absolutely quit after ten minutes. I give you permission to just. Right. You know, you're yep. done for the night. That's fine. But I think after 10 minutes, you might find that it's not terrible. Yeah. You know, but yeah. even just that 10 minutes just keeps showing up. Yes. Whether that's, you know, to me at the end of the day, doing stretches at my desk or mm-hmm. to the end of the day, you know, walking a little bit further in the parking lot at the grocery store. Just right. keep showing up. Yep. Just keep showing up and doing what you feel is right for you. Right. right? Uh, is it dramatic though? Is it, you know, you lost a hundred pounds and everybody's doing it on? No, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily. Not necessarily. But these are these are changes that those little incremental things that you do. Right. Even if you don't do them every day, we you know. This is what I talk a lot about. This we are an all or nothing society. Oh heavens, yes! It has to be. It has to work, and it has to work right away, or I'm not doing it. You yep. know, and that's not that's not doing a lot of us any good. Most yeah. of us were. All you have to do is make an effort in one little small step, 
and it can it can yield huge results and just kind of getting on that first step that you know will lead to further action further oh okay you know oh when I eat breakfast I do have more energy so I can do things and I can you know it it just helped me be more energetic during the day it can lead to other things that you might not realize so just one small thing right and also realizing that not everybody's in the same place as you financially right you know genetically uh, you know, even mm-hmm. racial disparities. Yep. It's very easy to say, I don't understand why those people at the grocery store don't buy the foods that I buy. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to sit in judgment of that. Yeah. We all do it. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, somebody is, you know, you know, maybe in a larger body and we're judging what's in their carts and that's not right. right. I wouldn't no. want somebody to do that with, to me and I hope that I don't do that to other people. Right. But to also realize that not everybody has the same access as everybody else. Right. You know, not everybody has access to exercise facilities. Not everybody has access to healthy foods all of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say there's a reason that grocery stores cluster in affluent areas because their people have money to spend. Right. Whole, Whole Foods is not you know, in the middle of the country, it's in Dublin, it's in mm-hmm. New Albany, where there's money to spend. Right. And for a lot of people. And so this is something to, to think about that, you know, everybody's motivation might be different. And it might just be getting a meal on their table for their family. Mm-hmm. Getting, yeah. you know, getting, you know, walking up and down the stairs at their apartment building, that might be mm-hmm. the ex- exercise that they're getting. And just like your book said, just doing that, Mm-hmm. Those little changes are right. just as good as changing your diet to organic or right. just as good as, you know, um, you know, eating, you know, seven fruits and vegetables a day. Es- those, those little changes are just es- as good. Yeah. Especially if it becomes something that sticks with you. And, yes. and so the problem is we don't always see that results right away and so it's really really I think that's what frustrates me as a dietitian is it's like give me some time because we need to work together towards this and it's going to take time to get I've had I've had clients quit on me oh yeah because you know they're not seeing I'll never forget the one who asked for a money back guarantee (laughs) this isn't Jenny Craig kids you know um so yeah I mean seriously right it's it's not that's not they they want results and they want them fast and Mm -hmm. if they don't see them right it's and and then unfortunately too they get a lot of pressure from people in their lives not only themselves but family members friends Right. Healthcare professionals. Yeah. Is know, something holding is something holding you back. Yeah. Right. Are they see are they going back to their doctor and they haven't made sweeping changes and they haven't lost the fifty pounds? Are they hearing it from the doctor they're not doing enough? Right. And that's not fair. That right. isn't fair. No. That's something that I wish I could help my clients tune that stuff out. Right. Not just you know, not just family and friends, but physicians and things like that to say it's it's okay. Right. You know, to say, I'm doing everything I can. Right. Right now, if I can get a fruit in and a vegetable in every day, I'm, that's my, my, that's my showing up. That's my, right. Doing it over and over again. And that's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, well, <sighs> motivation is hard. And if you it have is. ideas on motivation, we would love to hear them. Yes. We would love to hear what motivates you. Maybe yeah. that will give us ideas on how to help motivate our clients. I always say is if I could want for my clients, if I could just, you know, if I could give them all of my desire to uh-huh. have them healthier lives, you know, this would be wonderful. But right. everybody has to find that intrinsic thing that makes them tick. Yes. And it's going to change over time, too. It changes over your lifetime. Exactly. I think what made me tick in my 20s is very much not what does it now. Right. I'm sure for you as well. I think so, we should also do a, a, maybe we'll do a survey on our social media and see what is your top pillar right. is it the taste price what's your motivation yeah what's your motivation yes. right tell yeah right. right i love that so <laughs> share that with us you can reach us yep. at dish at secretliferd.com you can reach us on instagram at the secret life dietitians and we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts